Hey, welcome back for session three with Jeremy Stevens of the Tampa Underground. I do want to keep reminding you about their conference, uh, March 4th and 5th, Gainesville, Florida. Promo code MCC22, save you some money if you're going to go live. They'll also be live streaming. Make your way over to microchurchconference.com and take a look. Now in this session, I want to get you thinking about a couple things as we move into this conversation with Jeremy. Uh, he's going to ask some great questions that they ask people who come to them wanting to start a microchurch and their questions about calling. One of the things he asks is, well, now do you want this to be church or is just just something you want to go volunteer for? Just pay attention to that part of this conversation. Excellent stuff. And then he moves into what they call their four phases of micro church planting. Man, this is gold. I hope it encourages you, provokes your own thinking about your own setting and what calling you have on your life. And then he goes into some distinctions between apostolic ministry and discipleship. And this, this is very interesting. Uh, this is a great conversation. So enjoy uh, the next little bit. I think it's a little bit less than a half an hour. And I uh, hope you enjoy this conversation with Jeremy Stevens of the Tampa Underground. Hey, so welcome back to uh, session three with uh, Jeremy Stevens, Tampa Underground. And uh, I just got to keep, I just told him again, he's making my day here as we're recording some of this because uh, the posture, if you missed the last session, go back and just do nothing else if you can, but listen to his riff on a uh, risk and why we don't need to run around trying to be the wheat and tear police ourselves. I loved it. Uh, so he's making my day. And I'm going to ask Jeremy today uh, on this session to push a little more towards maybe the nuts and bolts of a microchurch. If you've heard it all about Tampa Underground, you heard it in conjunction with the phrase microchurch. They talk about something called the four phases of microchurch life. And of course, they've got years and years of experience of seeing them start, fail, sustain, not sustain. So Jeremy, why don't you just uh, grab the mic and start talking, moving towards more, given our readers who've never been in a microchurch setting. What is it? What goes on? What are the four phases of microchurch life? Yep. Yeah. So, man, uh, you just make people feel good, Drew. That's just what I guess your job is. You just make them feel good about themselves, and that's great. Glad uh, to help I'm you, brother. I want to talk to you every every morning. You know? um, so, so with microchurches, what we find is the worship community mission, ecclesial minimum, according mm. to a calling. So somebody basically comes to us and says, Jeremy, I... I feel like God really wants me to. I don't know. It's something about this. They're they're usually insecure about their language. Hmm. They're like, man, I just I just feel like God wants me to do something with the homeless or with the this people or I I feel like I need to you know grab some people and, and do discipleship in this way or mentor uh, you know middle school girls or whatever. It, so they they have a sense of something. They have a sense of calling. Hmm. It's usually not well defined. Hmm. And I say to them. Well, first of all, you have to do that. If you think Jesus wants you to do it, you have to do it. Well, the only question I have for you is, do you want it to be church, microchurch, worship uh, community mission? Okay. And oftentimes they say, yes, yes, that's my heart. That's my heart. Yes. So great. Okay, the okay question, no, pause right there a second. Are you trying to sort out, they may just need to go volunteer at a nonprofit. Yeah. Is that is that kind right. of what you're fishing for? Is Yeah. Okay. What is the call? Is the calling church or is the calling just to go volunteer at a great nonprofit? Yeah. Or, We're totally or happy. If we want people obeying Jesus. Yep. Right? So right. if you obey Jesus and you go volunteer at a secular nonprofit, I don't care. Great. That's great. 
But you're fishing, awesome. you're fishing for is church in this calling. That's what you're yes. fishing for. Okay, yep. keep going. I just wanted yep. to make sure. So, okay. Do you want to be my worship community mission? Yes, yes, that's in my heart. Whatever. Awesome. Second question, do you want us to help you? Hmm. Do you want the underground to help you? Because hmm. you could go be the church. You could go be worship community mission and not be a part of the underground. So, the, but do you want us to help you? Hmm. You know, <clears throat> they say, uh, I, th- I think so, maybe. <clears throat> and I say, well, you know, here, look at this Luzanne Covenant. That's our faith kind of statement. Mm-hmm. You know, who here's a manifesto document, mm-hmm. you know, how we lit, how we are called to like manifest these values into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our leadership covenant. And these kind of things create the, what I would call the edges of our sandbox. Right? Okay. Right. And they go, they read through it. They look through it and they have a sense like, oh my gosh, I, I read the manifesto. I wept or something like <laughs> that. Like, you know, usually mm-hmm. there's some type of reaction like, this gets me ex- to read. This gets me excited. The, yeah. I moved by this. Then it's like mm. you're already underground. Right? <laughs> so let's just assume that this is just one person. Mm-hmm. Now that's not community. That's not church, yeah. right? But they have a calling. So what we what we would say is this is an initiative. This is microchurch. Okay. But it's phase one. Phase one. Okay. Okay. They're initiating something. So it has the intent of worship community mission, but one of their first assignments is you got to find the others. Hmm. Who who else is with you in this? You know, so you have to start obeying Jesus. But you say that you want it to be worship community mission. Who else is with you, hmm. right? Um, so it's like highly apostolic. You're starting something new, but it's really low discipleship. There's nobody with you, right? Right. right. Or let's say there's you have a couple, there's a two of them. So it's just two of them. Mm-hmm. But they still don't really have a full definition of their their missional stuff. Uh-huh. They don't know how to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So again, they're starting something new, mm-hmm. but it's really low discipleship. They're not making any impact yet, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So what's your first assignment? Well, you probably should research this missional space. You probably should make a homeless friend. You you know, <laughs> do a assess a analysis, you know, of the population. <laughs> uh Read the Bible. I don't know. I, there, there's probably some things if you're going to respond to Jesus as a microchurch, you, you're probably going to want to do. And of course, we as the organization supplies coaching or classes or online resources, at almost like a restaurant menu. So you know, look at the restaurant menu. What helps you in this phase? Okay. Right? But there's also phase two, and and we see people sometimes they come to us in phase two. Sometimes sure. they upgrade from phase one to phase two, mm-hmm. which is low discipleship and low apostolic so ah. it's it's they're not starting anything new they're already doing it they're already starting it but they still haven't figured it out <laughs> so that let's say they have uh one or two people that have joined them mm-hmm. but they don't really know how to do the team thing the apes thing mm-hmm. how to even communicate with each other maybe they they've figured out the team dynamic the the community dynamic but the mission dynamic is all over the place they're trying all these different methods mm-hmm. and it's just madness out there and they're mm-hmm. just garbage right <laughs> and they usually feel like soggy turds phase 2 microchurches usually feel the worst huh. they usually start having a sense of doubt like uh, Am I just the worst Christian? Uh, um, it, it, did God really call us to this? Mm. Uh, and then usually, I, if we have, they sit down with a coach and say, "Oh, tell me about where you know, hey, plot yourself on this graph, you know, or <laughs> where, what phase would you be in? Oh, phase two. Oh, yeah, yeah. You feel like you're a soggy turd. You're just a phase two <laughs> microchurch. It's normal. <laughs> like, like it's totally fine. Like join the club. You know, <laughs> do you want to go cry with this other phase two microchurch? You guys can like hold each other and cry. 
you know? No one's come to the Lord. Whatever the thing is, you know? It's, phase, it's just phase two. You, you're not really making any disciples, and you're you're not doing something new and exciting. It's okay. okay. It's so old. <laughs> what, what, do, you, do you guys take either phase one or two? And is there a particular program you run them through, or do you gen, just submit a menu of possible ways we might help you? Or do you, you actually run them menu. through a set? Yeah. You, you don't just run a menu. Just a menu. No set program. You got to sign no. up for this and go through 101, 201, 301. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's. I think there's in some contexts there would sure, be sure. wisdom in doing that. Um, okay. In in our context or day and age, we just find it it assumes a lot that you know more than you do mm. to say you need to go through this program to help you get started. It's yeah. like maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't. Mm. The fact is, is I don't actually know how to help you. It's like going to a restaurant and the waiter going, "No." you have to have this dish. <laughs> right, like, right. bro, like right. I can't, in America, that would never work. Right, ever, that's right, that's right? right. Like if you, I'm a red-blooded American, like you, you if a waiter did that to me, right. I'd be like, bro. <laughs> I'm out of here, buddy. Gonna have, like I'm saved, but I'm I'm not fully sanctified. Like me and you are going to have words. We're going to have problems. We're going to have some issues, man. It's just, in a, it's inappropriate. Uh-huh. At, at, probably at best. And it's very, it's just gross. So, so hmm. we've just said, you know what, instead of trying to like dial it all in and figure out the perfect on-ramp to a successful microchurch, or hmm. it's just like, here's a menu of things that we found have helped people. We can even suggest something like a, like a waiter would do, would, would suggest something mm-hmm. like, hey, here's the specials of the day. <laughs> you know, we think these things, a lot of people order this. Hmm. A lot of people, if they've, this is your first time here, a lot of people get this, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but you have to tell us, mm-hmm. right? So... Mm-hmm. For us, that organizationally retains agency within the church. The microchurch retains agency, nice. which is a big deal. So who yeah. has power? Actually, uh, that's really who is the church, who so you, you believe the church is. You guys aren't starting any churches. No. The organization does not. As an organization. No. you are People are coming to you. You're in conversation with people, and yeah. they, they retain their agency. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So we built that into the structure. We okay. baked it in. And sometimes okay. it's frustrating because you're like, no, you really want the, you know, chicken dish. It's really good. <laughs> nah, I'm going to get the salad. It's like, our salad sucks right now. You don't want the salad. With, but they get to choose. So that's okay. phase two. Okay. Phase three. Now you have to imagine it's like on a two by two, you're going up on the discipleship but you're lower on the apostolic still. You're not doing anything new. It's still this microchurch. Hmm. But now you're making disciples. You've gotten traction. You've figured okay. out how to reach people. you figured out how to like make disciples. Maybe you have a, a discipleship pathway according to your calling, your context, your microchurch. Like, we would never give microchurches a pathway, but we would say you have to develop one. We call it mm-hmm. the basic discipleship plan. Mm-hmm. But in phase two, you're trying stuff, but you, you're terrible at it, right? <laughs> You're figuring it all out. You're, you know, in phase three, you've kind of dialed it in. Okay. Hey, this this discipleship plan for this demographic, it's it's working. You know, okay. we're we're seeing people come to the Lord. We're seeing we're feeling good about what we're doing. So people usually feel really good about it. What's interesting is externally, when if you're a visitor mm-hmm. and you see a phase three microchurch, it's obvious it's an ecclesial minimum microchurch. Right. Uh-huh. Phase one and phase two are not obvious externally. 
Gotcha. So right. you, and it, uh, a visitor would be like, I mean, that's that's really cool what those people are doing, but, but it, yeah. it doesn't seem like church. Doesn't, yeah. Um, but we found that if you, first of all, they're babies. Mm. So it, going back to a baby metaphor, it's like you would never say, oh, I mean, especially as uh, pro-life folks, it's like you would never say the zygote is not the human. Right. 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 So it's like, no, no, it's a zygote. And yes, we have to create an environment that's caring and loving yep. and supportive so it, mm-hmm. so it can grow and have life. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you basically say this isn't a human, right. it does have implications on the future of that microchurch. Yes. Right. So yes. a lot of everyday regular everyday missionaries who were bivocational and working mm-hmm. fifty hours a week and got mm-hmm. families, mm-hmm. if if there is not permission and affirmation of them being the the body of Christ, being the church, mm-hmm. being called to be that thing, they will never persevere ah. to ma- maturity, ah. right? Ah. Um, and so and so we find like if you want to empower a regular everyday believer, you have to start supporting them, affirming them at the zygote level, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. so you know. Th- that seems to be a helpful metaphor for us, and this is why we have the phases to help us understand they're not all the same, they're not all in the same place, but there are all these different phases. The For the City podcast is sponsored by The Wellness Game. If you're struggling with things like brain fog, mood issues, hormone imbalance, skin issues, bloating and digestion issues, or other chronic illness symptoms, reach out to Stephanie Game at The Wellness Game. Stephanie is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner who focuses on root cause health, and she wants to help you get to the root of your health problems. You know, it's hard to live out your calling in ministry if your health is holding you back. The Wellness Game serves clients by getting to the root of their health issues so that they can live full lives and flourish as they live out God's calling on their lives. If you need help with your health so that you can get back to doing what you're called to do, Contact Stephanie at thewellnessgame.com. That's game, G-A-H-M, dot com. Okay, let me ask you this, because this is this has been a big learning for me post all those theology degrees. Oh, gosh. It was, 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 was getting to notice that in the, in the New Testament, in the prime, in church prime, yeah. Paul didn't spend hardly any ink sorting out when is a little group down by the river a church. Right. He just kind of assumed if they responded to a call, yeah, they're now an infant church. Yeah. Uh, he would use the the word is uh, unestablished church, mm-hmm. but they were church. They just needed to mature and grow. Mm-hmm. And so what I discovered because there's been a, as you know a lot of ink spilled on when is a group a church. There's been a lot yes. of money spent on. Yes. When is is three or pe- three people in a grass hut? Is that a church? And yep. and there's, I mean, there's been millions of dollars trying to sort that out because donors wanted to know who to give their money to, and does that count mm-hmm. as a church plant? And blah blah blah. I just suddenly discovered the New Testament is more concerned with, is it a mature and strong church? Let's don't yep. argue over the zygote. Let's mm-hmm. do all we can to help it grow. Would, would that capture some mm-hmm. of your attitude toward it, or, or no? Oh yeah, yeah, we're, okay. and we're quite uh, liberals. I gotta find a different word than liberal because it, it has the. <laughs> we're not liberal. We've already we, established you're an agnostic, and now you're a that, liberal. That's, and now I'm a liberal. <laughs> uh, oh gosh, 
the, but but we're we're just very free with our permission. Mm. It's just like you're telling me Jesus wants you to do this. You're telling me you want our help. Okay. You're telling me that God has called you to be his bride in the, the sense of worship community mission. Mm-hmm. How can I help you? Mm. And I don't want to say no. Mm. We are we bias towards yes. Okay. You know, we're Americans, not Americans. Um, so this is our this is our posture structurally organizationally and with our language so we say mm-hmm. this is a microchurch and this is a microchurch leader okay. and they're not done yet just like you as a microchurch mm. leader who's been going for five years you're not mature yet okay. we're all disciples of Jesus we're still all students mm-hmm. of, of Messiah so mm-hmm. it's okay. Um, okay so so but you know phase three feels good okay <laughs> So it, feels, it, feels it feels a like better. a church. It feels start, like a church. It's starting to feel like, like a church. Yeah. Okay. Oh, something's <laughs> happening here. And then phase four is you know a high discipleship, high apostolic. Mm, okay. Um, and if you go to tampaunderground.com slash toolkit, there is a document in there that does talk about phases of microchurches. Okay. Uh, and it has a, like a little two by two. Mm. Um, and phase four is like the multiplication. Like it's it's ah. either people within the microchurch feel a calling. And, and they plant their own independent microchurch. Sometimes you scale that microchurch and it's multiplication or, or kind of mitosis. It's like identical, but they're like kind of cousins or, you know, uh, very similar. So there's different ways to expand, but we would just call it expansion. So we use the okay. larger term expansion at that point. Yeah. Um, and so it's like new things are happening, but you're also still uh, making disciples at a higher level. And for us, it's not prescriptive. This is a descriptive um, you know, set of, of uh, phases because the microchurches will jump between quadrants. So you can very quickly, you could jump from phase one to phase four. It's yeah, actually okay. surprisingly sometimes, okay. but also phase fours will, will drop down to phase one. You can go backwards and, too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So microchurches do have a life cycle and we've okay. kind of plotted some of that out. Um, okay. They have an average life cycle about two to three years, even if they keep the same name. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you compare what they did, you know, four years ago, okay. you you would basically say these are different. <laughs> yeah, okay. Even if you have a lot of the same people in the okay. same name, okay. w- what you are, what you're manifesting in the world is actually really different, you know. And so there's about a two to three year life cycle for for microchurches on on the average. Do you think that's um, just and, necessary as humans that we've got to regroup, recover, reinvigorate, reenvision? What do you? I think to keep it alive. Uh huh. I think to keep it alive, yeah, yeah, it's there's a time for getting up in the morning and the time yeah. to go to sleep. It's kind of it's cell like some microchurches need to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. go yeah. to sleep, yeah. man. Yeah, get a good nice rest, man. Come see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, now that we ha- we've been going long enough, we've seen people people have gone through that cycle, so they're not anxious. Oh, okay. When the microchurch isn't going well, when it's in the what's it's in the ditch. Uh, yep when it explodes or implodes or people Mm. just kind of transition and move on or move away or, Mm. you know, people can just go, okay, what, but what is God asking us to do? Does he ask, is he asking me to join another microchurch, refound a different one, uh, get, get the remnant from the one that just previously existed, get them back together. Um, and let's, let's restart it. Uh, we had this one brother, uh, he came up, um, you know, at, at like this convening time, this gathering, worship gathering we were having, and he was looking super dejected. He's like a really energetic dude. And he comes up, and he's like, my microchurch is dead. 
And I was like, oh, bro, what? I was like, he's not a drama queen, you know? So like, mm-hmm. it, it was like, whoa, what's going on? He's like, yeah, this this guy I was like mentoring, he like slept with a couple of the women in the group. Yeah, okay. And the whole thing just imploded. The whole That's thing a just, problem, it just, right? It's a problem. <laughs> it, it sounds very familiar to the New Testament to me. You know, I was like, right. oh, right, okay. Right, right, right. Um, oh, so you're still working with humans. That's good. Um, and and he was very dejected. And I just put my hand on the shoulder. I was like, man, welcome to the club. Hmm. You know, and he goes, you're the third person to tell me that this morning. And this is the first time he had experienced this. Right. But he'd been in, he's in a community, a larger leadership community that has weathered many storms, many iterations. Two weeks after that moment, I see him in the parking lot and he run, he's like walking in uh, to the art like headquarters. And uh, and I just, Hey, what's up, man? You know, and I give him a hug. Say, how you doing? You know, he's like, oh, I'm doing great. I'm about to meet with this other brother in here. We're going to plan another microchurch. Hmm. Like he was already, I mean, it's like, hey, it's probably a little, a little too soon. Like maybe you should mourn a little bit. I don't know. But <laughs> it just shows like in our ecosystem, you know, the coming and going of a microchurch, um, it, it's, it's totally fine. You know, sometimes that happens because of unavoidable things. Sometimes it's, it's good. And sometimes it's, there are negative reasons. But that doesn't mean that God has left the building, you know. And so yeah. these people can persevere in calling and reiterate and restart and just move from one phase to another phase. And you're, I'm dying to try to ask you a question. I'm not sure I can articulate. Let me see if I can. Uh, in a lot of uh, tradition, more traditionally formed churches, Sunday-centric, clergy-centric, centralized, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've consulted with a lot of those churches. I've led those churches as both elder and then as the uh, pastor. Failure, people don't even like to use the word because they're afraid it'll stick. There is something mm-hmm. about failure that must be avoided. It's almost like the whole enterprise is at risk. Is it a product of your de- of your radical decentralization that cells can come and go, but the organism itself, you have a sense that the organism itself is going to keep going? Or or what would you, what would you mm-hmm. ascribe that... Uh, that lack of fear of failure in your ecosystem. Why is that? Uh, I would say, um, not trying to be over simplistic, but Jesus is all and in all. Mm. And so we, you know, failure is the fundamental human experience. From, from chapter two. three, <laughs> right? <laughs> chapter three, bro. So, our best attempts are filthy rags. Mm. Our mm. our sight is veiled. Mm. We, we see in part. Um, so there's just all this indication, like, oh yeah, no, yeah, oh yeah, it's it's going to not be great. You're not you're not going to do a great job. Uh, and, and at the same time, he elevates us to friendship, partnership. He gives us mm-hmm. his spirit, his words. I call you friends. Power, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So he's the one that elevates us, but we, by nature, objects of wrath. We are mm-hmm. failures. And, and again, it, it, that the best things that we do, we, we actually have a, we tell this story quite often among ourselves, but... We, we think at the end, on our gravestones, maybe the best we could hope for is it would say they tried. It was a good try. Yeah. <laughs> That's we, right. I love we, that. We tried. We tried. And 
are we okay with that? Hmm. And I think if if our f- eyes are fixed on Jesus, then they tried is enough. We tried to obey Jesus, run after Jesus. If it's about something else, some other scorecard, um, bottom line, mm-hmm. whatever it is, then it's not enough hmm. that we just try to follow Messiah Jesus. Hmm. It, hmm. It, it won't be enough. We we will be discontent. Hmm. Um, and so for us, you know, oh, the microchurch was great. Microchurch is bad. Microchurch mm-hmm. was successful. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like these are superfluous questions to, yeah, but was the name of Jesus uh-huh. lifted high? Was his presence thick in the room? Mm. Did you sit at his feet? Did he did ask you, us to do this Did you see the eyes that blaze like fire? Mm. You know, like, did that mm. happen? Mm. Then I don't care mm. <laughs> about mm. the rest of it, you know? Mm. So th- th- that's just so deep in us, man. And uh, mm. it, I just think that that frees us to uh, to just run maybe recklessly, mm. <laughs> a little bit more recklessly. And <laughs> we're okay with skinning our knees. Mm. We're okay, you know, it, if that one thing is the one thing, right? It, yeah. You know, and, and that's always a question we ask ourselves. Like, are we getting too into this thing or, and we would ask mm. a microchurch leader, like, are you, have you elevated your microchurch above uh, Jesus? Uh, has, has it, has it become something that sits on the throne also? Because that throne belongs to a lamb that was slain. Right. So, so that's, that's just our posture. I, yeah. I get it that there's some personality types that are, mm. you know, more risk averse. Mm-hmm. And, and we were even okay with that. Like, okay, it's fine. You want to mitigate risk, mm. but don't, don't do the bad thing, which is think that you can actually control it or that you can get rid of it. Yes. Like that, that seems to be something that exceeds the boundaries of your power. Yes. And now you're, pl- you're playing with God, God stuff now. Yep. Over you're your pay grade. Take the ro- yep. Yeah. You're taking the role of the spirit now. And, um, you know, when we teach evangelism, same thing. Mm. It's like, mm. yeah, we want people to confess the name of Jesus unto salvation. Mm. You can't get you can't convict anybody of their sin. You can't actually convert anybody. You can't make them proclaim Jesus as Lord and Savior. Hmm. So then you just play your part. Hmm. What's your part? Hmm. Faithfully demonstrate, proclaim, you know, go, you know, have beautiful feet hmm. type of thing. Hmm. Um and and I find that when people stay in their lane according to their calling even if, as the scripture says, they're sawn in two, it's better mm. than if they try to play with God's stuff. They try to take on the responsibility of the Spirit yeah. and mine out perfection within <laughs> their methodology. <laughs> it's like, good luck with that. He's the one that sanctifies. Mm. <laughs> Mm. He's the one that redeems. Mm. You need to just be a, like a little sheep and love your neighbor, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, well, Taylor, Taylor Game, our, our guy here, says uh, just just love your own damn neighbor. Just yeah. just just settle in on that. Love your own damn neabor and that's probably yeah. a big enough assignment right there. Yeah, that's that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. To tell you what, now 
that, that was really good. I'm going to wrap us up there. Uh, and in the last, next and last episode, I'm going to probably start, Jeremy, if I see if I can tempt you to speculate above your pay grade. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. See if I can see if I can tempt you to, uh, to a godlike perspective and, and pronounce what's going on in the world. But I'll, I'll hit you with that question in the next session. Right, so to, to, to our listeners, hey, thanks. Uh, you got to love this guy's heart and this organization's whole posture and heart. And uh, come back for episode number four with uh, Jeremy in the Tampa Underground. Thanks. You know, I just love... The, the posture of Jeremy and the Tampa Underground, a lot of humility, a lot of awareness of their own humanness. Uh, but I do want him to think a little uh, about what's going on in our culture here in the States, perhaps around the world. So I'm going to ask him to try to grab a God perspective in our next and last uh, conversation with him. Uh, but enjoy uh, the goal that he is dispensing to us. Those, those four phases and those distinctions between apostolic and discipleship uh, I hope that's food for thought for you in your own setting, your own life, uh, your own ministry, whether you're clergy or lay. I hope all of that is encouraging to you. It will help you think deeper about your own life and your own calling and your own experience of church. And I want to keep inviting you to consider their conference, March 4th and 5th, Gainesville, Florida. Uh, the promo code of MCC22, if you're going to attend live, they will be streaming also. There's a cost for that, but you can sign up at microchurchconference.com. So check them out and uh, hope that that conference could be uh, beneficial and helpful to you. And we'll see you next time for our fourth and last conversation, at least our last for now conversation with Jeremy Stevens of the Tampa Underground.